Hello and welcome to Paul Martin's Catholic Podcast. Today I'm talking about the Muslim attacks on the crucifixion of Jesus. The crucifixion of Jesus by our Lord and Saviour is one of the most central theological beliefs of Christianity and has been for the last 2,000 years. Muslims, on the other hand, deny that he was crucified. So the question is, who has the evidence that is the strongest for Jesus being crucified or not being crucified? What historical evidence is there for the crucifixion of Jesus compared to the Muslim claim that he was not crucified? So we're going to examine what the Bible teaches and what the historical evidence is for this happening. In the Old Testament, animals were sacrificed for blood atonement. Under Moses, we read about this. In Exodus chapter 30, verse 10, it says, Aaron shall make atonement on its horns once in the year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement once in the year. He shall make atonement for it throughout your generations. It is most holy to Yahweh. And also from Moses, we have Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, which says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by reason of the life. The coming Messiah, who was Jesus, was foretold that he would be suffering for our sins. We're told he would be God taking human flesh. And God can do anything. He can take on human flesh. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And the books of the Old Testament are attested to by the Jews and the Christians we both regard these books as sacred scripture. And the Jewish Bible and the Christian Old Testament say the same thing. And Isaiah lived centuries before the time of Christ. And he was awaiting a Messiah who would be God in human flesh. Isaiah chapter 53 verses 4 and 5 says, Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, struck of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was on him, and with his stripes we are healed. And Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 says, They will look to me whom they have pierced. And, I, and Psalm 22 verse 16 says, for, gods, for dogs have surrounded me, a company of evildoers have enclosed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. Furthermore, Jesus foretold his own death by crucifixion. 
in Mark chapter 8 verse 31 and following, he said, he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke to them openly. Peter took him and began to rebuke him. But he, turning around and seeing his disciples, rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you have in mind not the things of God, but the things of men. So Jesus said he would die, he would be killed, and he would rise again on the third day. And this is also testified to in Matthew chapter 16, verses 21 and 28, Luke chapter 9, verses 22 to 27, and John chapter 12, verses 23 and 24. We have four independent witnesses who corroborate this account, and all four give detailed accounts of the crucifixion and resurrection. Whereas Muhammad, we have just one eyewitness who lived 600 years after the fact, claiming it never happened. And we notice that Peter didn't like the idea of Jesus dying and rising again. And when he expressed doubt and opposition to that, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus couldn't have made it clearer that he was going to be crucified and resurrected. And we also find out about the crucifixion, not just from Christian sources, but from non-Christian historical sources as well. So we have four Gospels. We have a total of 27 books of the New Testament. And we have the early creed in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 3 to 7. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which also I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, that he appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve. Then he appeared to over five hundred brothers at once, most of whom remain until now, but some have also fallen asleep." Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, as to the child born at the wrong time, he appeared to me also. And then there's also the Apostles' Creed, which testifies to the death and resurrection of Jesus. There is church traditions like the Didache, written about 50 AD. And then there is the Jewish Talmud. The Jews rejected Jesus, but they testified to many things that the Christians agree with. So the Jewish Talmud claims that Jesus was illegitimate, tracked Kalah 1b, that he was a false prophet, Sanhedrin 67a, and that he was a magician or a witch who used Egyptian pagan power to do magic. Beth Jacob, 127a, and they claim that he was hanged on the eve of the Passover, Sanhedrin 43a. It's unfortunate that the Jews do not believe in Jesus, 
and that the Talmud says these nasty things about Jesus. However, I'm actually glad this is written because it testifies to the historicity of Jesus. It testifies that those who loved him, the Christians, testify to his crucifixion. And the Jews who rejected him also testify that he was hanged on the eve of the Passover and that he had the power to do magic. We, of course, don't call it magic. We call it miracles. But that testifies that Jesus did do miracles. They didn't deny that. They never accused him of doing fraudulent miracles. They recognised he had power, but they said, oh, well, he must have gotten it from evil spirits. Nevertheless, it's historical information that corroborates the truth of Jesus. And then Josephus, in his Antiquities of the Jews, in book 18, chapter 3, verse 3, he says that Jesus was executed. In book 18, chapter 5, verse 2, it talks about the execution of John the Baptist. And in book 20, chapter 9, verse 1, it talks about James, the brother of Jesus, who was called the Christ. And Pliny the Younger, in 112 AD, in his letter to Emperor Trajan, Epistulae, chapter 10, verse 96, describes Christians who sang a hymn to Christ as a god. And he says they were moral, stubborn and superstitious. And then the Roman historian Tacitus, who lived about 116 AD, in his Annals, book 15, chapter 44, says that Christianity was started by Christ who was executed under the procurator Pontius Pilate and during the reign of Tiberius. Tiberius reigned from 14 AD to 37 AD and Pontius Pilate ruled from 26 to 36 AD. So that fits in with the time frame around roughly 33 AD that Jesus was crucified. And furthermore, no ancient historian has disputed his existence or that he had been executed, crucified. And then there's the certainty of his resurrection. The disciples forsook Jesus and fled when he was arrested, Matthew 26, 56. And Peter denied him three times, Matthew 26, verses 69 to 75. In other words, his disciples gave up on him. They thought that it was all over. Furthermore, those who were guarding Jesus' tomb would forfeit their own lives if their job was compromised. And you read about that in Acts 12, 19, Acts 16, 24 to 28. If the Roman soldiers were guarding prisoners and they got away, those that let them get away would be killed. And almost all of Jesus' disciples were martyred for their belief in the resurrected Christ. Paul the Apostle was beheaded. Um, Peter was crucified upside down. 
Saint Andrew was tied to an X-shaped cross and left to die. They died for something they knew, not for something they just believed. They went from forsaking Jesus and giving up on it altogether to suddenly dying for their belief in a resurrected Christ. Another strong testimony is the fact that women were the ones who first testified to Jesus' resurrection and that the disciples at first did not believe them. Luke chapter 24 verses 1 to 12. Now the ancient Romans and the Muslims of today regarded a woman's testimony as unreliable. And the Quran in chapter 4 verses 11 to 34 speaks very badly of women. If the story of Jesus' resurrection had been fraudulently written, there would have been men who were the first to witness his resurrection. Instead, it is women who do it. And finally, Jesus testified to his own resurrection. He spent 40 days with his disciples, Acts chapter 1 verse 3. He ate food with them, in John chapter 21 verses 9 to 14 and Acts 1 4 this is in his resurrected body and he let Thomas put his hands in Jesus's palms to fill the holes in his hands John chapter 20 verses 26 to 29 and Jesus himself says in Revelation 1 17 and 18 don't be afraid I am the first and the last and the living one I was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And then in front of the, the apostles and possibly 120 eyewitnesses, Jesus ascended into heaven. And many of Jesus' disciples or followers were tax collectors. A lot of people say, ah, maybe they were hallucinating the resurrection and the ascension into heaven of Jesus. But here's the thing, tax collectors do not hallucinate. It's true that individuals hallucinate, but a whole crowd of people will not hallucinate. And even if they did hallucinate, they would not hallucinate the same thing. So we have to conclude there's overwhelming evidence that Jesus was crucified, died and was resurrected. And two great films to watch on this. Well, the first one is a video. It's a debate. Was Christ crucified? By, with Josh McDowell debating Ahmed Didart. And it's on YouTube. It's a 1980 one debate in which Josh McDowell utterly destroyed Ahmed Didart. And then there's a 2017 movie called The Case for Christ. It goes for 112 minutes and it's the true life story of Lee Strobel who wrote a book by the same title, The Case for Christ. He was an investigative journalist who wanted to debunk the death and resurrection of Jesus and much to his shock he found the evidence overwhelming for the death and resurrection of Jesus. So 
600 years after the fact, far off in Arabia, along came Muhammad, and without a shred of evidence, he made his dubious claim that Jesus was not crucified. In the Quran, in chapter 4, verse 157. Now, this same Muhammad did not even understand the Trinity doctrine. In chapter 5, verse 73 of the Quran, he said that it was saying that God is one of three, which it's not. And in chapter 5, verse 116 of the Quran, it says that the Trinity doctrine is God, Jesus, and Mary. No, it's not. It's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So should we believe Muhammad? Is he a reliable witness? Is he believable? Well, Bukhari, volume 7, number 660. This is the Hadith, the traditions of Muhammad. It says magic was working on Allah's apostle. So that he used to think he had had sexual relations with his wives, while he actually had not. And Bukhari, Volume 4, Numbers 400 and 490, say that Muhammad was bewitched, and he imagined things happening which had not happened. And in Al-Tabari, Chapter 6, Verse 111, this is a biography of Muhammad produced by the Muslim community. Muhammad compromised with paganism in the worship of Allah's daughters, Alat, Aluza and Manat. And then later on he renounced what he'd done as being under the inspiration of Satan. And Muhammad said, I have fabricated things against God and have imputed to him words which he has not spoken. That's from Al-Tabari, chapter 6, verse 111. And the Quran in chapter 22, verse 52 says, Never did we send a messenger or a prophet before you, but when he did recite the revelation or narrated or spoke, Satan threw some falsehood in it. But Allah abolishes that which Satan throws in. This verse of the Quran, chapter 22, verse 52, says that every prophet in Islam has had Satan tamper with their messages. If that's the case, then how can we have any confidence in anything Muhammad said? And throughout history, the resurrected Christ or the Virgin Mary or the saints have appeared to many thousands of people and eyewitnesses in Fatima, Portugal in 1917. There was the sightings of Our Lady of Fatima in which the Virgin Mary appeared to free shepherd children to call people back to their faith in Christ, to be faithful Christians. And the sun appeared and moved around the sky in front of 70,000 people. And not all of them were Catholics. Many of them were socialists or communists, anti-Catholics, who came to mock and they were stunned by what happened. 70,000.
thousand eyewitnesses. There's a good movie made about that called The Miracle of Our Lady of Fatima. It's a 1952 film. And it's the best film that's ever been made about that incident, in my opinion. And then at the Coptic Orthodox Church in Egypt was Our Lady of Zaytun from about 1968 to 1971, in which frequent apparitions of Mary were seen atop this church in Egypt. How many saw these apparitions, it's not known for sure, but it may have been in the hundreds of thousands or in the millions. And apparently even Egypt's president of the time, Gamal Abdel Nasser, saw this phenomenon. So I think the evidence from multiple witnesses of the apostles who knew Jesus personally and the Jewish and Roman historical evidence testifies to the crucifixion of Jesus and the martyrdoms of the apostles testifies to the resurrection of Christ. On the other hand, we have Muhammad with very dubious claims to prophethood, a man who was bewitched at times and imagined things happening that had never happened, came along and told us that this is all rubbish and uh, Jesus was never crucified. Who are you going to believe? I know who I will. Thank you for listening. God bless.